It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. You make me feel so young. You make me feel so spring has sprung. And every time I see you grin, I'm such a happy individual. The moment that you speak, I want to go play hide and seek. I want to go and bounce the moon just like a toy balloon. Well, spring has indeed sprung. You it is officially spring, which is like exciting. One of my favorite seasons, that's for sure. It definitely in my top four. I have been following the case of Julian Assange for a long time, uh, but probably not so long as Gabriel Shipton, a filmmaker, and Julian Assange's brother, who has a new film out this week called Ithaca, which we're going to talk about. Gabriel, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Yeah, good to be with you. Uh, give folks an update, if you would, first, before we talk about the movie and uh, what it's about. What is your brother up to now? What's the current nature? Uh, what, what's his status as we speak here? Well, he's been in a maximum security prison just outside of London. Uh, he, will, he will have been in there four years on April 11th. He is not serving a sentence. He's not convicted of any crime. He's there solely as a remand prisoner related to an extradition request from the U.S. National Security DOJ, who are trying to charge him uh, with uh, espionage for publishing uh, material in the public interest. And uh, remind us, this is the 20th anniversary of the beginning of the war in Iraq. Remind us of his role in uncovering some of the lies that the government told the public about what was going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. What exactly did WikiLeaks do uh, with respect to the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war that was so significant? Well, WikiLeaks published uh, the Chelsea Manning uh, leaks. They published uh, 400,000 Iraq war logs, uh, 75,000 Afghanistan war logs. And really, the Iraq war logs really revealed uh, the true nature of of the war in Iraq. Uh, 15,000 unaccounted for civilian deaths um, that, that really showed the people, you know, what was really going on in Iraq. You know, we were being told at the time, uh, particularly in Australia, we were we were a part of the coalition, and we were being told that the war was going well. But what we weren't being told was about all these civilian deaths, uh, and also the the net, the famous uh, collateral murder video, uh, and that's a video of a helicopter gunship uh, that is shown uh, mowing down two Reuters journalists, and then also uh, shooting the Good Samaritans uh, that came to save them. And that includes two children who just happened to be in the van uh, that stopped to save these wounded journalists. Wow. So really, that was a sort of catalyst uh, for the beginning of the end of the Iraq war. And it saved many, many lives, uh, not just of Iraqis, but also of you know US, Australian service people 
who were being sent there uh, for for this war um, that the public didn't really know what was going on. But but through those releases, through WikiLeaks releases and the leaks from Chelsea Manning, the public was able to sort of mount a campaign uh, for that for that war to to be come to an end. And um, I, I know different families have different uh, different dynamics, but uh, what is the difference in age between you and Julian? Do, were you guys in one another's lives growing up? And, and what can you tell folks about what Julian was like as a young person? Because so many of us only know him as this adult public figure and now as someone that's unconvicted and incarcerated. Yeah, well, I mean, Julian and I got to know each other when I was uh, in my teen, teens, he's 11 years older than me. And so, you know, looking back on those times, uh, you know, those were really happy times uh, in, in our lives, uh, you know, getting to know, I was getting to know him and he was getting to know me. And um, you really looked up to him as, a, as an older brother, somebody who, you know, uh, he was a gentle genius. He had this knack of, explaining really complicated things to you in a very simple way. So you never uh, felt, uh, you know, you never felt um, lower than him. He always sort of uh, brought you in and and really communicated in a, in a way that I found very unusual and, and very rare. Uh, and so he just was so generous with his time and, and always, even when he was being detained, uh, you know, one way or another, he's been detained for the last... 13 years in the UK, uh, even when he was in the Ecuadorian embassy where he was for seven years, uh, he was always, always so generous with his time and, and really listening to, you know, what was going on in our lives. And, and we we had a really great relationship, or still do, but obviously I don't see him so much since he's in, uh, in the prison there. But, you know, he's got two young children, uh, a four-year-old and a five-year-old. Uh, he's a very loving father. The children go and visit him in the prison. Uh, he reads them stories um, and, uh, you know, helps them do colouring and drawing. Uh, so this is the side of Julian that you see uh, in Ithaca, the film that, that I produced um, that is showing at the Alamo Draft House in Lower Manhattan starting on Friday. And uh, we're going to uh, play, folks, the uh, the trailer to uh, – it, it is pronounced Ithaca, not Ithaca. Yes, that's right. It's Thank you. Yeah, I apologize for mispronouncing it uh, earlier. G- give folks an idea of the conditions that he's currently being held in in London. Is he being well taken care of? Is he having be? Is he being mistreated? Is he having a tough time? I, I believe you've been to visit him in his current accommodations. How's he? How's he feeling? How's he being treated? Well, he's in the most harshest uh, prison in the UK. It's called uh, Belmarsh. It's a maximum security prison. Uh, it's where they keep the most, uh, you know, dangerous, uh, violent prisoners in the UK. It is, you know, when you go and see him, you you have to go through this, uh, you know, whole process, searching inside your mouth, underneath your feet, uh, a dog. A sniffer dog comes and smells your hair, and his children have to go through this procedure as well. So you can imagine, you know, for a four or five year old, uh, a dog coming and sniffing their hair is not, uh, you know, it's it's not really, uh, it's an oppressive situation for us, his family, 
but more so for Julian. And it's, you know, it's really lost on people. He's not actually convicted of any crime. He's uh, what they call a remand prisoner. There are 800 prisoners in this prison, 20% of whom are convicted murderers. Julian is only one of two uh, remand prisoners, and he's uh, totally nonviolent. So it's a sort of punishment by process, what's happening to him. Uh, he has one last avenue to appeal in the high courts. He has submitted his application to appeal and has been waiting now five months for the high court to either approve an appeal and set a date for an appeal, or they could reject the appeal and Julian could be extradited to the U.S. within 24 hours. We're talking with Gabriel Shipton. He's the brother of Julian Assange and a filmmaker whose newest film, Ithaca, is uh, debuting this week. It's playing at the Alamo Draft House here here in Manhattan, but uh, there are a bunch of other places that uh, you will probably be able to see it as well. Uh, And uh, a lot of folks are going to be asking, uh, based on what you said, Gabriel, why wouldn't Julian welcome the opportunity to take his case to trial and make his case before a jury and uh, and hopefully see roll the dice and see what they say as to his guilt or lack thereof? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. Uh, this is a political case, and we know that because uh, in recently in Mike Pompeo's, uh, Mike Pompeo's memoir, Uh, Mike Pompeo admitted to really pushing this case uh, as CIA director um, and as uh, head of the State Department. Uh, He also admitted to uh, convincing Ecuador, lobbying Ecuador, successfully lobbying Ecuador uh, to kick Julian out or to allow the UK police in to arrest Julian. And so it has that political nature to it and that political push behind it. So it's very unlikely that Julian will get a fair trial here in the US. Another thing, he has been tried in the Eastern District of Virginia. Now, this court in the Eastern District of Virginia has a 100% conviction rate. Its conviction rate is is the same as a court in Beijing. <laughs> so that is the sort of prospect, uh, the sort of justice that that Julian uh, is is facing if if he if he's extradited, and that's why we're fighting it uh, with all our might. Uh, John Kiriakou, who was the CIA uh, whistleblower, he blew the whistle on uh, the CIA torture black sites. He was tried in this same espionage uh, court in the Eastern District of Virginia, and he hired O.J. Simpson's uh, jury uh, chooser, and. Uh, the, the, this guy said to Kiriakou, look, if it was anywhere else, I would say, let's do it. But in this court, the jury is going to be made, out of, made up of intelligence contractors, mm. CIA, military. It's stacked. It's totally stacked against you, and you'll never win there. Here is a trailer to the film Ithaca. Can we talk about your contact with Julian? through his childhood. It's part of the story, I think. It isn't part of the story. The story is that, you know, I'm attempting in my own modest way to get Julian out of the... Julian Assange is the hero of our time. He was the darling of the left. All of a sudden, he's a puppet of Russia. My name is John Shifton. I'm Julian Assange's father. 
WikiLeaks found that Julian Assange has been arrested. One of the most notorious and controversial figures in custody. Assange will remain behind bars until that extradition hearing, which has been set down for the end of February. I urge the Department of Justice to drop the charges. The maximum jail sentence of 175 years. Because he published the truth. How does it feel to be the father of such a controversial figure, somebody who's known around the world? We've sent him on the phone before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about on a, on a kind of regular basis? If Julian is extradited to the United States to face these charges, he will be the first, but not the last. What are your worst fears? It just collapses under the strain. It looks as though what journalists do for a living is seen to be a criminal act. So keep it up, man. Thank you. I wish I had your energy. I really do. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I'm f***ing out. Why do you think there's not a great public love and support? This is really, truly a good question. What's at stake? If he goes down, so will journalism. But if people walked away from this film understanding you, how would you feel about that? We're here... And this has only come about because we have a child in the mm. and we want to get him out. Gabriel, uh, tell me why you made this film and what you're hoping that people take away from it. Well, Julian has experienced you know, 10, 10 plus years of uh, demonization and dehumanization uh, through the media, through the legacy and prestige media. And, you know, what we saw or what we saw when Julian was taken into prison was this real uh, sort of a disconnect about what we what we saw in the media, but how we, his family and those closest to him, uh, experienced what was going on. And so this film is a real attempt to sort of set the story straight and tell it from a different perspective that people might not have seen, but also... Uh, really go behind the scenes in the fight to free Julie and follow uh, a father fighting to free his son and a wife fighting to free her husband. Uh, These two uh, normal individuals who are just like any of us that are at the centre of this now global fight uh, for freedom of expression, uh, for uh, transparency in government and for a free press. If you were to explain what drives Julian and why he does what he does and why he's done it for so long, uh, going out of his way to publish uh, information that uh, governments clearly don't want revealed, or in some cases, as was the case with Hillary Clinton's emails, that campaigns may not want revealed. What is he after? What drives him? Well, Julian's been you know, pretty clear about this ever since, you know, his early activism and, and into the early days for WikiLeaks. And it's really, uh, it's it's this thing that I think we all yearn for, uh, and, and it's justice, and, and it's more justice for, for more people. Not just justice for a few, but justice uh, for the weak, uh, not just the powerful. And through his work for WikiLeaks uh, and exposing uh, powerful people 
uh, and the way they used their power to hide their own crimes or the way they used their power to uh, rig democratic primaries. Uh, Julian has always strived uh, to give, or not give, but use WikiLeaks and use this, uh, the internet encryption and these different forms of technology to really bring justice to more people and not just the few uh, elite. The, an attorney representing the government a few years ago, James Lewis, said that uh, Julian Assange's extradition was nothing to do with his exposure of war crimes or embarrassing the U.S. government, but it was entirely about releasing documents that put people at risk. Uh, he was speaking on uh, the first day of a week-long hearing about the request by the U.S. government to extradite the WikiLeaks founder. I've heard this from other people as well uh, who say that uh, Julian Assange, through his work, has actually served to put uh, American servicemen's lives at risk. Is there any truth to that? No, no. no. I mean, it's total fiction. I mean, it's a spin to make people believe uh, that these charges are justified. Uh, during Chelsea Manning's trial, so the, the leaks that Julian is charged with publishing, uh, during Chelsea Manning's trial, there was a gen, uh, ex-general who admitted that they had done... Obama spent $6 million trying to find uh, somebody who had come to harm through these releases, through Chelsea Manning's releases during Chelsea Manning's trial. And the general in charge of that investigation admitted in Chelsea Manning's trial that they could not find anyone who came to harm. So it's admitted by the government itself, uh, by the prosecution itself, that uh, they cannot find anybody who has come to harm uh, through these releases. And in fact, it's the complete opposite. You know, these releases have led to the end of the war in Iraq. You know, they've saved countless uh, amount of lives. They've brought justice to millions and millions of people around the world. So it's the complete opposite that is true. Uh, and, and the people who are making these accusations, uh, you know, don't forget, these are the ones who are trying to hide their crime. And this is a very common tactic. You know, you, Julian shone the light on them. And so what they've tried to do is turn it around and shine it on him. But really, all he's done uh, was publish their classified crimes, the crimes that they had tried to hide from us, the people who vote for them, the people who delegate our power to these elected officials. We have a right to know what they do. You know, it's our taxes that that pay for all this stuff. Uh, We have uh, a democratic right to know what they do in our name. One of the people that has been on the receiving end of some WikiLeaks truth bombs over the last few years has been former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. She was at an event four years ago, and she said that your brother must answer for what he's done. This is what she said at the time. Well, look, I I think um, it is a uh, it is clear from the indictment that came out. It's not about. Uh, punishing journalism. It's about uh, assisting the hacking of the military computer to steal uh, information from uh, the United States government. And look, I'll wait and see uh, what happens with the charges and how uh, it proceeds. But 
you know, he, he skipped bail in the UK. You know, Sweden had those charges which have been dropped um, in uh, the last several years. But the bottom line is uh, he has to answer for what he ha is, has done, at least as it's been charged. I do think it's a little ironic that he may be the only uh, foreigner that uh, this administration would welcome to the United States. Um, putting aside that joke at the end there, Gabriel, what about that? Those who say that, look, he's not being put on trial for journalism or publishing classified information. He's being put on trial because he assisted someone into hacking into a computer and stealing government documents. That's the crime here, not just publishing. It's not journalism. What do you say to that argument? Well, I think, you know, Hillary Clinton really needs to go back and read the indictment because uh, I've read the indictment and what the allegation, the substance of the allegation is that uh, Julian helped Chelsea Manning to hide her identity. And it wasn't... Uh, it, the timing of that, uh, this is just the allegation as well, this is what's in the indictment. The timing of that was after Chelsea Manning had provided all, all the information to WikiLeaks. And so, but, but that allegation that, that a journalist, a publisher, helped a source hide their identity. So if you think about what that used to be before the days of the internet, before the days of encryption, you know, a journalist saying to their source, you know, don't use your home telephone. Go around the corner and use a payphone so that nobody knows that you're calling me. That's all. That's the allegation. That's what journalists do every day. Encryption is now common uh, among the journalist community because our digital footprints are more and more trackable. And so this, this element, this part of this, uh, the part of this indictment actually... Uh, is making journalistic activity illegal. If a journalist shows a source how to hide their identity digitally, then that this indictment says that's a criminal act. Uh, Gabriel, I appreciate the time. If people are outside of the New York area, is there a way for them to see the film or is there a way for them to be kept up to date on when the film might be coming to their city? Yes, sure. They can go to Ithaca Movie. That's I-T-H-A-K-A movie.com. And we have a watch the film section there that has all our dates uh, playing all around the U.S. Uh, my father and I are doing Q&A screenings uh, all over the country. We've done, we've done about 20 so far. I think we've got 30 to go, 50-something 50, 50 in total. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to seeing people wherever they are, talking to them. Uh, answering their questions, you know, shaking hands, giving them hugs. Uh, there's a lot of support for Julian in the U.S., and uh, we're always uh, our hearts are always warmed when we come here because we're always el welcome with open arms. Gabriel Shipton, thank you very much. Uh, best of luck to you, your brother, and your whole family. Thanks. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call eight hundred eight four eight. 9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.